Welcome to Check Your Privilege. We are now officially out of Spooktober and into Freaky Friday November, yeah. which is weird <laughs> because weirdly of all things, I have recommended Samsha movie to watch instead of anime this time, mm-hmm. which is vaguely out of character for me. I don't. I'm not really interested in movies to begin with. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is one movie I really want to discuss. So, which movie did I recommend that we watch this week, Samsha? We watched 2092: A Space Odyssey. <laughs> I knew you're gonna come up with something like that, but yep. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so we we actually watched uh, Mr. Nobody, mm-hmm. right? It's a very interesting sci-fi film that tackles. multiverses and free will versus determinism i think yeah it does uh, it's a very it's a very complex movie as in uh, it there's a lot that happens and it's like two and a half hours long mm-hmm. so summing it up is going to be rather difficult so mm-hmm. i think we'll probably reserve uh, the discussions of scenes that are pertinent to our thoughts and views um mm-hmm. however uh, yeah this is by the way this is a customary spoiler warning we got it in before we actually explained things no dude you know? we are doing it too well we shouldn't be doing this we need to spoil the fuck out of the movie I, for at least a couple I of know. things i know <laughs> why you being is, why you being so diligent i said season 2 was supposed to be better than season 1 we've already done two episodes the, where you pro- appropriately given a spoiler warning it's enough <laughs> the, the thing is i huh. don't know if the spoiler warning matters here <laughs> okay <laughs> cuz Uh, this movie begins with its endings hmm. okay hmm. essentially what this movie is is uh, our protagonist nemo nobody going hmm. through multiple lives hmm. right yeah uh, multiple lives in multiple universes mm-hmm. and it's presented in a non linear fashion so it's going to cut between it one life to another life and you you won't know which life it is uh, you have to pick up contextual clues which tell you right mm-hmm. nemo always looks the same it's his surroundings that uh determine what universe he's in mm-hmm. so um they go through various phases of his life uh, him growing up with his you know parents them getting a divorce and then him having to choose between his mother and his father mm-hmm. this branches off into him having to choose which girl he wants to get married to mm-hmm. right this branches off into whether he dies uh, while he's uh, married to that girl or not mm-hmm. etc as in there's a lot of uh, branches that occur in this movie creating universe into universe into universe yeah and there's a lot of butterfly effect that also carries propagates through a lot of these scenarios yeah. which is uh, actually shown quite a bit mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um the the you know the overarching plot or the overarching uh, you know scene is supposed to be that there is an old very old nemo nobody mm-hmm. right who is in the year 2092 yeah all right and he is recounting all of these experiences to a journalist yeah like all of his past lives which doesn't make sense because he's only lived one life so how does he know all these other past lives mm-hmm. right yeah um so that is the premise it is a rather intriguing premise i have to admit mm mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i sense however, a butt i sense a butt coming yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah however uh-huh. you know in true partal fashion fucking 40% of this movie is fucking around what okay. is wrong with you that's it's supposed to Dude, be fucking no. around this movie is yeah. essentially that it's fucking around the movie like 2092 a space odyssey can go screw itself this is basically <laughs> esotericism for its own sake the movie <laughs> yes right so mm. so i i just wanted to throw that out there so you already know 
Okay. I think we there have a, a particular. <laughs> there's a type haan, that Patil recommends. Yes, we know. Forty percent bullshit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a particular scene in this movie. Uh-huh. Okay. Where um, I think Anna says to Nemo, mm-hmm. "No, nothing happened. Like a French movie." And I just went, "I fucking know what this movie is gonna be like." <laughs> like <laughs> the instant she said that, I'm like. Bro, it's game over. It's like twenty minutes into the movie. I already know this. Why do you want things to happen, man? Can't you just let back? No, like, I'm just. Not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm, huh. I didn't even say it's bad. Oh, I'm just saying for information, it is forty percent fucking. Huh? Okay, it, it, it is. Okay, it is. Yeah, it adds to the atmosphere of the movie, <laughs> right? Oh, there's a there's a lot of atmosphere in that case. There's a freaking huge amount of atmosphere in this movie, all right, and it's it's done in insane ways. Again, presentation we'll discuss later, but it's that's right. It's basically ninety percent atmosphere and ten percent generic hodgepodge of scientific theories thrown together to make a semi coherent whole. All right, <laughs> right. So, so uh, uh, yeah. I think hmm. another thing maybe I should you know uh, there's something that I wanted to talk about is like the first. Uh, so this is just my viewpoint. I just wanted to be- bring this up before Parul uh, gushes over it. Uh-huh. That the first half an hour to forty minutes mm-hmm. is so confusing and so brilliant, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of scenes are happening in quick succession yep. with just a lot of information being thrown at you, and you're not sure what they're supposed to mean. Yeah. And these are all explained eventually, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And just when you're like super confused you know jared lee to the science guy shows up with like a proper exposition in 5 minutes exposition in the middle of the movie yes to explain to you what's happening that uh-huh. this multiple universes guys don't get don't walk out of the theater yet and uh-huh. i was like oh thank you jared lee to you know your damage tattoo doesn't look that good but mm. okay yeah uh i don't know man like uh, jared lee to in this movie is probably something that really manages to sell you the concept of multiple universes like it does he is the same hmm. but in some very subtle ways he's different like in terms of makeup or in terms of uh, hmm. there's that one scene where he wakes up in uh, uh, one of his lives and he forgets where the light hmm. switch is right uh, when he walks into the uh... bathroom so there's this one in the beginning of the movie there's a very uh, weird scene where he wakes up with one of his uh, women elise and hmm. you know like he walks into the bathroom and just fumbles for the light switch and forgets where it is and so okay. and then later on he calls one of his children paul when which is clearly you know one of right, his kids right. from another timeline and so uh very rarely uh, the even the jared leto expositions in the middle that happen in terms of you know one of those bbc horizon documentary sort of format <laughs> yeah uh they don't explain to you what is going on in the movie they just explain to you the concept of the movie um yeah of course yeah so is a lot that it of uh, this movie demands like in terms of audience attention that is true yeah because this movie needs you to focus you miss one detail and then you're just like like one of those lectures in electrical electronics engineering you miss one little detail the entire rest of the semester is fucked <laughs> wow i feel like that's not personal at all you know <laughs> that's something every one of our viewers can relate to pardon <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh this is i kind of feel this movie i recommended that you have a buffer which means like some amount of mm-hmm. time to think about this movie before we talk about it because it is right. a movie just crammed to the brim with 
a lot of easter eggs a lot of references a lot of unnecessary sometimes unnecessary time jumps that you have to kind of hmm. coalesce into this story right true so that's what let, hmm. let, let me ask you this like straight up you know okay uh what do you think mm-hmm. like the overarching themes for this movie actually is okay because i'm i'm sort of split okay uh there are two interpretations of how the what exactly is the main narrative and what ex- everything else is just you know sort of uh, added on to the top okay so one theory is that uh, it's actually 2092 and nemo nobody is actually there and uh he has been given this sci-fi proclamation that the big crunch is going to happen in 2092 and right which in a very interesting sort of concept where the arrow of time is you know defined by the expansion of the universe so when the big crunch right. basically means a universe going to contract so when it contracts time flows backwards and right. they have done a kind of weird artist impression of how time flowing backwards would work like how your uh, act- okay. how your actions and all would affect basically and so that's that's the central premise like he just has to stay alive until that point so that he can get hmm. uh, so that he can live his entire 118 year existence in reverse basically so that all the sad shit that's happened to him he can like experience in reverse which makes it somewhat happy fuck he's edging for like 120 years for that big crunch okay <laughs> but the other explanation is basically that uh this ex extremely i don't know what meth methamphetamine what cocaine that 9 year old kid has taken <laughs> okay right yeah that in that in that 30 second montage of him i choosing between whether which divorced parent to stay with he's just right. completely conjured up this entire hypothetical reality around himself right a bunch of branching paths of his future and he's taken right. them all to their logical conclusions and just decided none of them are good for me so i'm just going to take the third and just going to zug zwang the shit <laughs> and do you do you huh do you realize huh? this means that mr nobody has the same plot as the lego movie exactly but again like you <laughs> you you take these references as though mis- these movies that i'm recommending to you are after the movies <laughs> that you think they rip off like even with parasite you're giving me examples of movies that happened 20 years after parasite this is this is 2009 lego movie came 5 years after that <laughs> hey i think the concept for lego movie was around you know for decades and decades we don't know that ha huh, sure yeah sure <laughs> so which one do you do you <laughs> yeah. subscribe to these two or is there a third alt interpretation that you have the i was i was, that's what i was curious about because i thought that uh, um i thought that him being actually in 2092 mm-hmm. and you know waiting for the big crunch was a better narrative mm-hmm. in that it a more sensible narrative okay um but they seem to hint a lot at the fact that it's just a child's imagination or that the child is trying to determine what uh, is actually supposed to happen which is uh it's suggested a lot because the child's voice sometimes just uh, replaces jar leader's voice at yeah. multiple times right so yeah, yeah. you just think oh maybe the child is actually the one controlling this mm-hmm. so um from what the narrative from how the narrative is presented mm-hmm. it makes sense that it's the kid yeah. controlling this mm-hmm. but if you look at just the narrative yeah it makes more it would be a better story if uh, it was actually that old guy in 2092 
okay basically in some ways like i'm thinking of ending things right just trying to it kind to just shoehorn in as many narratives of what if lives he could have had before he dies but with a right. slightly happier ending i guess yeah yeah hmm yeah these are two equally valid theories and i have jumped from one to another in multiple rewatchings and so hmm. i think both of them are pretty valid i mean it's to each their own i think the audience here in this case whichever one you pick i don't think it's a thing but i would prefer it to be the child I'll, and another way hmm. we know it's the child is because okay uh so up until that uh, that that fateful train scene right hmm. uh whatever this kid proclaims he can see the future right like yeah. he he has concocted this childish theory that the angels of oblivion exist and that before we are yeah. born we know everything and so then they come and oh, then yeah. before we are born they place the their index finger upon our lips and make that slight indentation and that right. gets us to forget everything now this is clearly right. either religious or childish take your pick <laughs> boy shots fired father <laughs> So uh either way it basically thinks seems like something a child would come up with and yeah. uh then you can see he is perfectly if you call, if you say in you know he is able to describe all the events that happen up to age 9 with perfection Dude I was like this kid is like Socrates or some shit he's questioning why do we exist and why can't we remember the future I'm like Bro, at nine, I don't even think I could think, dude. Like, what the fuck, <laughs> right? So, that's what it feels because this kid is so accurate about his past, which is natural, mm. right? I mean, if if you have experienced something already, you are going to be relatively accurate about what events transpired to get you there, if you believe in okay causality and determinism, basically, right? Hmm. But everything else, his future is open. Hmm. which makes no sense if he's an 118 year old man because in that case everything is in his past so then there is like the reporter gets continuously gets frustrated right why are you contradicting yourself why can't you make sense yeah. of the narrative it's because uh like if it if that old man was just merely an old man who had forgotten shit okay that's one way to talk about it hmm. but if it's a kid imagining hmm. multiple parallel universes and you can see at some points of time each of these narratives has these very generic uh sort of life goals that they have set for himself chasing love chasing oh, yeah. chasing broken heartedness or chasing money and success with you know a uh, side hustle woman <laughs> right so it kind of feels it's a very intelligent hyperactively brained child but it's still a child nonetheless hmm okay i i can see why uh, that does make sense mm-hmm. um i just think i prefer the other ending cause it's just a lot i hate you know cop out it was all a dream ending mm-hmm, mm-hmm, generally yeah. except for i'm thinking of ending things <laughs> but like uh-huh. uh but like uh, i i i i generally like you know it, cause it sort of cheapens it a little bit true in my opinion to have it was all a dream ending true 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 uh cuz <clears throat> if this kid is like 9 years old and he's dreaming up some of the shit that that he does with Anna and Elise mm-hmm. bro you need to chill bro <laughs> he's experienced a divorce man come on like 9 year old kids much more mature than a lot of people 9 year olds out there dude he dude he he's fucking imagining living in a broke broken home with Elise i'm like dude you need to like we think about dragons or some shit man <laughs> calm the fuck down <laughs> 
Yeah, like, you know, we haven't introduced the pop of girls yet. Okay. Which is basically what the three women are. <laughs> you, you have Ellie's Anna and Jean. Jean, by the way, no one cares about the Asian woman. No Apparently, she gets like 10 minutes. Him. Yep. <laughs> so, one of the main... So, there are two main choices that happen in this movie, okay? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of side choices. Mm-hmm. Two main choices. One is uh, the divorce, mm-hmm. okay? Mm. So, whether he chooses to live with his cheating mom or with his dad, mm. right? Uh the other is which pop of girl he marries, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Jean basically doesn't matter. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she is it's basically Anna Blossom. Or... She is basically Blossom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. She is Blossom. <laughs> Official bitch. And oh, then God, no. <laughs> there's, there's Anna and Elise. Yes. Okay. Huh? Who's the green angry one? I forgot her name. Buttercup. Yeah, she is that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, Buttercup is the nice one. Jean is buttercup. This we're derailing the discussion. What do you say? Anyway. Yeah, let's get back from Pop of Girls to actually this movie. <laughs> yeah, so huh. so Elise is a little bit cuckoo. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh and the the primary focus, uh, at least in my opinion, is Anna. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty fair to say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's the she gets the more she's main girl. Yeah, she gets the more she gets the most screen time and basically uh this show their blossoming relationship as uh, teenagers and how they interact as adults mm-hmm. etc right yeah a lot of these romances are just unexplained in how they end i think mm-hmm. uh, for instance anna is just like she's just there and then not there a lot of times uh, okay mm-hmm. it's basically like uh, they show so many ways in which like that she moves to new york right so it would basically take a miracle for them to be able to get together and so there are these multiple sort of scenarios that he pictures saying okay mm. in this hypothetical i become a pool cleaner because my mom ruined me i ruined my teenagers and so uh, i'm just going to be poor and useless and homeless and i'm just i'll happen to meet Jesus her through Christ. this uh, uh, sequence of events harsh, i would say <laughs> <laughs> you just happen to meet her on a train in grand central station in new york and just you know it becomes all oh i this is too real for me i need to first deal with this i need to take two days off and then rain decides to play the biggest <laughs> klpd ever dude, <laughs> dude dude i was like you know i get the i get like this is obviously not real right mm-hmm. like it's like the, the they're writing it in but uh the whole explanation for the butterfly effect thing before that came uh-huh. right it says, oh, so a Brazilian was boiling an egg, which caused like heat to rise, which caused uh, rains in one part of the, uh-huh. uh, one part, one part of New York, which caused one drop to fall and uh, erase that, mm-hmm. you know, market. I was like, she wasn't that far ahead of him though, you know, <laughs> just run. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, it's not, I'm, I know it's not realistic, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying she's like, she can still see her dude. She's like you know? right there. Yeah. Just, just run and say, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> Uh, please number again, ma'am. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. You just you just be like you know, uh, hey, you know, like you're walking in the rain. I'm walking in the rain. You wanna like you know maybe get into a cafe and type it into my phone like a normal person. I don't fucking know, dude. It's 2009. Okay, so ty- and he's a pool cleaner. I highly doubt he has a phone. But <laughs> I think conspiracy theories about that <laughs> I, is let's derail. It's gonna derail the discussion into something I don't wanna go right now. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, part of. Uh-huh. There's, there's a lot of derailing that's going to happen because I was very distracted during this film. <laughs> With because of the film or because of like generally life in general? 
so so uh, i'll tell you what okay huh. um I, i was hoping to uh, keep this uh, at the end but here's the thing hmm. i got fucking jabated man all right okay. i got jabated by the first 40 minutes okay cuz the first 40 minutes are good hmm. okay hmm. that's not to say the film is bad mm-hmm. it's just that the first 40 minutes are what i like in in films okay cuz it's presenting this like interesting sci-fi narrative where they've told you a bunch of things but you don't know the explanation for them yet so mm-hmm. you're looking forward to the explanations right yeah and uh, how it's presented mm-hmm. is again done so well yeah okay yeah and uh as in it's presented in like this quirky whimsical format so it's not too serious but mm-hmm. it's not too uh you know jokey as well mm-hmm. you know you get that the director is trying to make a point yeah and uh i think up until they get a divorce mm-hmm. it was pretty like i was i was very into it pretty damn solid yeah Yeah because like you you've gotten a handle of what the premise is mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. at this point you've you know all the scenes that you saw will make sense so you want to keep all of those in mind you're trying to remember a lot of things you're trying to figure out what will happen next yeah, right yeah yeah but then it turns into like a romance movie for like at least one and a half hours of out of the two and a half hours runtime why are you against romance please un- please explain to I'm me not... what cynicism do you have against this because <laughs> i'm not against romance uh-huh. i'm just like this is this i know i know why you like this movie aha uh-huh. okay because this is that same like parasite high school love triangle bullshit except this is a love square <laughs> no and, dude and no. the protagonist gets the the protagonist gets all the waifus <laughs> okay <laughs> like he goes with the he goes with the argument you know at one point you can only see one other point mm-hmm. so a square doesn't exist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's all lines for me yes <laughs> Okay so putting aside this admission I'll I'll begrudgingly admit that yes uh that whatever romantic nonsense was into my wheelhouse I agree <laughs> I will okay. point considered but the the okay. what else are you going to show in in a branching narrative what else what other sequences hmm. because they show they show him uh taking care of his dad they show his mother's hmm. relationship with that man he teach with the, you know the man they cheated with flaming apart they show him becoming a presenter like his dad was you know dad his dad was a weatherman and he becomes a science presenter they show him making a right. bunch of fuck ton of fuck ton of money and then walking himself into a freaking noir film by just getting shot in the head by you know following orders from right. a coin so 15 year old kids are hormonal idiots if you don't drive their decisions through romance what will you drive them through uh th- so that's the thing i i fully recognize uh-huh. and i'm aware of the fact that uh this is again much like a, a lot of other things that we've done is not uh aimed towards me uh-huh. cuz i just i think i just by default i don't enjoy most romantic films okay ha huh. granted i, I granted I mean, granted i agree that's hmm. not something i'm trying to push you towards i'm trying to just ask you okay um uh, what else would i show in this ha huh. this brings me this this raises an interesting question do you think that all the important events that occur in life need necessarily be romantic not romantic it's that it's in genetic code that we will base our decisions okay. along the drive to reproduce so 
Oh, this is from Jared Leto, the science guy. <laughs> this is Jared Leto, the science guy. Um, <laughs> suddenly, we have changed from check your privilege to welcome to Jared Leto, the science guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. He just shows up a lot, okay? <laughs> so imagine flashy text and backgrounds in my as I try and present this. We are all yeah. slaves to our genetic desire to reproduce. We will base okay. a lot of our decisions that we make and a lot of the consequences that we kind of see on this sort of hedonism that, uh, hmm. okay, I will achieve uh, a proper mate. I will continue my lineage. I will do all of this. And because we have the large brains that we do, we try to wrap all of this up in this neat little bow and try to be all fancy about it saying, oh, it's romance. Oh, it's, uh, you know, wonderful and non- this and that and whatever. It's basically, co- hmm. it's basically chemicals driving you to fuck <clears throat> what a romantic part <laughs> so it's 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 not that it's not it's not anybody's fault it's just that it's what our own chemicals in our own brains makes us value yeah i don't think it's it's it's, it's yeah it's definitely not anybody's fault huh? <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah. the point being that, yeah, that they've shown that and they've also shown that this guy, like Nemo is a pretty creative person, right? He can, he can make money if he wants. He can get the girls if he wants. He can write fanfic science fiction about Mars if he wants. He can, uh, you know, hmm. be a pool cleaner if he wants. And that exactly is the kind of core central premise that is pro- presented romantically. But the point of it is that uh, free will exists. And that's what the main theme of the movie is to me. Um, I so I agree with you on most of the points, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's definitely uh, a lot about free will. Mm-hmm. It's definitely all about the choices that uh, you know uh, Nemo is making and the repercussions of these choices, no matter how small or big they may be. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate how they how much they've uh, attempted to show all these branching narratives. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you know Anna. Once he's rude to Anna at the beach, and that means that they never fall in love, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And they show that entire path as well. Mm. But um, my point is, I of course get uh, that romance is like an—it's a pretty appealing mm-hmm. uh, part of life to show, mm-hmm. right? Mm. However, um, I was just like slightly underwhelmed okay because you're like can you can can we get to the sci-fi part now enough (laughs) yeah because the thing is uh, there's no real uh, there's no real for me at least there's nothing really interesting that's happening this because that's not relevant to the premise at all is it Hmm. like you could you could pick up those half an hour Mm -hmm. and plug them in any movie Mm -hmm. and uh, they would just like make sense Okay. Hmm. I'll tell you, like, I'll, I'll actually get to, I have, like, a couple of two or three things that I really wanted them to explore, which never happened. Okay. But focusing on the, you know, Anna and Elise part, mm-hmm. which part did you uh, enjoy more, Anna or Elise? Elise. Right? Why? Because uh, they not only decided to show that not every single consequence of what you do is always going to lead to something good basically uh you can have free Hmm. will you can have decision making you can have you know complete control over what your actions are but you cannot have control over somebody else's state of mind or somebody else's free will for that matter Hmm. and so 
you can see Jared Leto trying his level best, right? He he tries to involve her in his life. He tries to make allowances for her. He quits his job. He sets his car on fire, whatever. The point being right. that there is a certain amount of, uh, you know, uh, instability to Elise's character and that she's actually going through because of her, you know, her physiology. She's going through a condition that she's actually suffering through. She's manic depressive. She mm-hmm. has schizophrenic episodes, you know, she pines uh, pines after the explanation that, oh, if I were with Stefano, all of this would make sense and maybe I wouldn't be sad. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. The thing is that that's kind of the uh, sort of, so Anna represents the I will take control of my life path. Hmm. But, then again, it requires a miracle for me to uh, get to where I want. But I'll be truly happy. Hmm. Uh, uh, Jean, the lady who will probably never mention again after this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even remember. Who's, her, who's, yeah. go, G- who's go Jean ahead. again? I don't even think Jared Leto remembers half the time. Okay, like she asks him yeah. so many times. Uh, do you know who I am? Do I take milk with my <laughs> coffee? I'm like, you stop being so needy. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest, okay. It was two hours into the movie. I had notes on Anna and Ellie's. I was wondering what the Gene's name was. Because I just it just hadn't been brought up. Whenever he's with Gene, he's saying Anna. When he's with Anna, he's saying Ellie's. When he's with Ellie's, he's saying Anna. I'm like, what happened to the third one, dude? Exactly. So Elise is the kind of, you know, uh, selling out for the money sort of representation of life. He's like, I have, uh, you know, I have decided to completely fix the outcome of my life and have completely driven myself into a corner and now I realize that Mm -hmm. less than half my life remains and I am stuck I can't make any choices anymore which is why he says completely rebels against this uh, rut that he's fallen into and takes a coin and allows the coin to make decisions for him right so there are like sort of these three branching paths and they actually the entire color scheme like we'll discuss about this in the presentation but the color scheme is dependent upon the girl so Anna's Colors, right, right. Anna's, okay, we'll we'll do that in the, uh, the discussion there. So moving no, on, we can discuss it right now only. It's fine. Sure, okay. uh, I think the scenes and the presentation generally just go hand in hand with this movie because pretty much they like you can't separate them. It's like if you're talking about a scene, you have to give context. So might as well just do the presentation. Yeah. So they represent a separate color palette for each of the women. Basically, Anna is red for the you know the hedonistic side of him. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Elise is blue. You don't know, stick. The, the amount of judgment in your voice. Jesus, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, I, I got to be cynical about something. Right? I see him making these stupid decisions in... Like... Bro, bro, you fucking... You fucking watched this movie like 12 times. <laughs> you love the romance part. You want to be cynical about something? I will slap you, okay? <laughs> Come on. You can, you can hate something and still watch it 12 times. <laughs> The only thing worse than a pretentious fuck is a pseudo-pretentious fuck. Okay, Vardar? Have some dignity. See, out of the two of us, the only one who's pretentious is you. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you're the pseudo-pretentious one. I am not pretentious. I don't care about my opinions. You don't even commit to it. You don't even commit to it. I am a true hedonist. Samcha, screw you. (laughs) Dude, at least I wake up every day and I say, I'm better than you. Okay. You wake up and say, I'm not better than you. And then you feel, I think I'm better than you though. <laughs> Thank you for that assassination of my character on the podcast. I think people are going to really like that. <laughs> let's, let's continue continue with Anna. Go ahead. <laughs> so Anna is the... <laughs> nice. So Anna is basically the sort of uh, uh, the flame, the passion, whatever. And Elise is the right. depressed blue and Jean yellow standing for right. you know, either prosperity or like jaundice. <laughs> 
ஃபியூனரல் <laughs> <laughs> So it's like a decision that uh, Nemo makes hmm. whereas with Elise you don't really understand why he loves her yeah cuz i mean it's basically like they make out at a club once mm-hmm. and he's just smitten with her yeah. and so despite her not loving him and her you know loving someone else mm-hmm. and basically having manic depressive fits etc he still stays with her yeah um, and that's determinism in a way that you know she's staying with her because he's staying with her yep yep exactly right? yeah jean actually mm-hmm. is probably the most interesting one for me okay okay mm-hmm. and this is what i was this is what this is what i was referring to earlier okay. and what i w- wanted to see explored mm-hmm. was uh how the nemo with jean was going to deal with this okay cuz uh cuz i'll tell you mm-hmm. the relationship that is there with anna mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. uh that is essentially a happy it's not a happy but it's a romcom yeah right yeah yeah fair enough the relationship that's there with al with elise mm-hmm. is like an oscar tiery drama dealing with a broken home hmm hmm yeah jean is where this movie would have been truly like you know better because what he's dealing with here is the fact that he is a man who has knowledge of everything that's happened in the past and everything that will happen in the future yeah so exploring the state of mind of such a person mm-hmm. who is desperately trying to make a wrong choice mm-hmm. knowing that he willingly can't and that even if he makes a wrong choice that's him make that's him already uh, that's him that uh, that's already made the, made that choice mm-hmm. you know something like that would have been very interesting cuz that ties in directly with the core premise mm. of course <clears throat> i might just be wrong and you know the point of making it like this was that the director wanted to tie multiple premises mm-hmm. with this premise yeah. multiple like you know he wanted to tie a romcom with uh, like a broken home mm-hmm. with just a normal home and tie them into one you know bow mm-hmm. and wrap mm-hmm. it up mm-hmm. and i get that that like you know that's what the ideal like that's what the mm-hmm. idea is mm-hmm. but i just think uh, the third aspect mm-hmm. of him completely giving up and just completely not having anything to live for mm-hmm. because he knows everything that will happen in the future is something that i don't think was really explored very well oh uh, okay fair enough but if it's a dead end right if you're think about yourself from the perspective of the child now not from the perspective of the director all right okay uh if i'm hypothetically describing uh, events that would happen in my life and paths that i would take in my life which of these three hmm. would you choose to focus on like i understand from from the audience perspective like as a viewer of a film right of a piece of entertainment created for the enjoyment of an audience you would like to see that hypothetical scenario more developed but okay strength 
staying true to a nine year old kid or staying true to the character that is being portrayed if you were in that situation right wouldn't you immediately sort of like kind of leave this alternative to the wayside saying okay this is not really going well for me and i really don't want to pursue this I, any further i i don't think that argument is really going to hold up part because it's not like the path with elise is a lot better <clears throat> so the path with elise is where he at least is in love with her okay like let's just whatever for whatever reasons the so it's like he's dragging it along with this vain hope that something will change and the only thing that's keeping the positive in his life is that he has kids you know he has whatever mm. but in jean's life like like you mentioned there is nothing for him to live for all his decisions have been made all his money has been made his wife is well meh to him at best and uh he doesn't give a shit about anything and to reach that level of apathy is scary especially for a 9 year old who thinks everything in the world is important i don't know man i think so hmm. a we can't really predict what this 9 year old wants or doesn't want mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um i mean i get the point that you're trying to get at but i just think uh, you know it's not like elise's life it, honestly is not great right yeah. is he goes through a lot of pain and suffering and it's and he's loving her despite wanting to despite wanting to actually live a better life uh-huh. right you I, i mean i get what you're saying but then there's also that that's also because elise gets a lot more screen time than jane true 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 right mm. you see you 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 can't just say that they, that he has nothing to live for and is completely apathetic in that jane uh, universe mm-hmm. simply because we never even explore that at all yeah yeah the 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 one of the like not one of the but like a uh, uh, one of the scenes which i really liked mm-hmm. was when uh, she's reading out a letter yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, he has yeah. written that he doesn't remember yeah. right mm-hmm. uh, where he basically says that i know what's happened in the past i know what what will happen in the future i uh, feel like i don't have anything to live for i want to give up mm-hmm. and he doesn't and he doesn't remember writing yes. it right mm-hmm. and then then you realize wait why doesn't he remember writing it like he remembers everything how can he not remember that mm-hmm. and I thought that path would that that was going to be the next logical path to explore because mm-hmm. they'd done the happy thing with Anna they'd done the broken thing with Elise mm-hmm. now we were at the you know acceptance stage essentially Okay mm-hmm. So as in yeah I from I, I a guess yeah perspective you get the progression I, I get I get what you're hinting at yeah so basically uh like more screen time there would definitely have helped I'm not saying uh like it wouldn't have but uh i think it was a sort of contrast decision to make i guess and the director chose correctly for in some people's perspective and wrong in some people's perspective i guess i think the director was racist and hates asians yeah i agree with you there <laughs> i don't care whether if if he had replaced let's say elise and jean in terms of who played who i think i would have i i i think then the racism thing would have been solved <laughs> in terms of screen i mean time. i'm just saying okay yeah yep 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 can't disagree with you there it's by the way don't quote me on that that was a joke please don't sue me <laughs> hey come on the cast is all white there are barely any non white characters in this entire movie which is yeah i i by the way i was i was mildly offended by the fact that the one time a black guy shows uh-huh. up he's shown as like a gangster who talks in this this like stereotypically scary voice and i'm like dude <laughs> come on dude yeah He's this the director is Belgian so i mean i don't think they encounter many <laughs> uh, you know i mean mul- is, they don't encounter too much diversity there i guess <laughs> clearly not so uh 
basically coming to uh, another thing that the that the thing does well is the camera work okay okay because uh, you see these shots that they have taken that must have like taken so much effort to film right uh hmm. the hmm. three weddings the three different doors are open in the chapel and he's picking up a different chick in them okay uh or the weird sort of sudden transitions they make between you know uh the real life and this sort of uh, you know Wallace and Gromit clay animated life where the car goes and runs over right. the girl or like you mentioned it's it's right. not too serious but the transitions that they actually right. do are insane that is true i uh, i mean so um for the first like 40 45ish minutes mm-hmm. this is basically Wes Anderson okay yeah 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 exactly and it's uh, it's so Wes Anderson i was like you know Oh my god where is Owen Wilson and Bill Murray? All right. <laughs> yeah. It has it has that symmetry, it has like the contrasting colors, the weird like you know, weird offbeatness to it where you like these characters aren't there. Yeah, exactly. But there's something off with them basically, yeah. right? Mm. And 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 by the end it just turns into full um you know, Kaufman mm-hmm. where it just goes meta into meta into meta. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh the backgrounds somehow seem fake probably because they are, they are and they're supposed to look fake yep. intentional right mm. yeah and uh, so presentation i think overall it's actually really good uh, most of the time mm-hmm. there are like some there are some scenes wherein i don't like the how much they cut mm-hmm. uh, in during conversations mm-hmm. but that's very minor that's a very minor gripe i would say presentation is like one of the strongest uh, aspects of this movie including the music if you see uh, the kind of uh, songs that mm-hmm. they've selected or that one scene where he transitions from being a kid where there is a cute little lullabyish mm-hmm. memory of mm-hmm. mr sandman bring me a dream and then that trans that slowly just fades in and a rock sort of ugly rock version starts playing when he's a teenager yeah and some some yeah. kind of those those kinds of situations or how many times the overall theme of the uh, thing there's this one refrain that plays in so many different uh, scenes but they do it a different mm. way every time that is true uh, i really like the i i like the score a lot mm-hmm. like it has very minimalist like orchestral mm-hmm. vibes mm-hmm. it's like it's very modern classical i i like that a lot yep. but if i hear mr sanders one more fucking time <laughs> i swear to fucking god <laughs> they even had pixies where is my mind when they were sitting on the balcony stoning and that scene just feels so they, they, cool they must have spent like a million dollars on the soundtrack like more than that yeah man it has so many it's so many famous songs yep exactly and uh one scene we have to discuss before we can uh you know like uh, <laughs> this kind of funny is that when anna uh-huh. anna leaves right and uh, in the car and then he ch- he uh, the teenage boy runs behind her and then tries to stop the car yeah. and the motorcycle go beside him <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah i died i had to pause <laughs> i like literally just take a couple of minutes of the absurdity of it like holy shit this is how you choose to pull that scene <laughs> I that was like out of a Charlie Chaplin movie or something <laughs> exactly I was just like <laughs> that was just like oh my god this is this belongs in our last movie like you know like that kind of meta humor yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but interestingly enough they managed to do like for example I'll tell you the, the, the powerful scene I think like you mentioned comes from the first 40 minutes hmm. uh, where the kid is being weirdly self-reflective 
hmm. right where he where he uh, you know puts the put the put the so merges the sauce into the potatoes whatever and then sees his mother and then right, talks right. about you know yeah. we can only we exist because we perceive things and do i really exist if i can't perceive myself and those are even though you feel like it's oft repeated for its time it's something that really makes you think the yeah fair enough fair enough you know he talks about uh, he he has like two or three lines that he repeats often which is that once the smoke leaves the cigarette does it ever come back mm-hmm. right so uh, yeah that is basically talking about the permanence of decisions yes. right because that's what this kid is uh, stuck between that that choice mm-hmm. he doesn't if you don't choose things remain possible is what like they say mm-hmm. in the movie yep. and uh, there's something that is em- dry, emphasized on a lot right mm-hmm. like as in whatever choices he makes uh, forces him to remain in one in one universe mm-hmm. to live with the consequences of his actions and that's uh, that's something that is uh, I think a lot of people would benefit from knowing mm-hmm. you know uh, so that is done pretty well i think yeah i agree with that because i think that's a core one of the core problems that happens you know like that i think first came to us with baskin robbins and their 31 flavors where yeah, you, that is true when yeah, you only yeah. had chocolate or vanilla to choose from in a in in ice cream you just simple like you like you either like yeah. chocolate or you like vanilla and then you see baskin robbins and 31 flavors and you have no idea what to do yeah i mean you're like you know what kind of chocolate like there are multiple types what? just give me like just give me chocolate yeah. dude and then the i don't know what the difference is <laughs> the guy the guy who's giving you the ice cream the server is just looking at you with this expression oh peasant <laughs> yeah, yeah, cho- yeah like, you want chocolate i don't know <laughs> I don't know the difference between Belgian and Prussian. Do you just give just give me chocolate? Go to an Abul store and buy a choco bar. You freaking swine! Like <laughs> yeah, I'm like wait, what do they make dairy milk of? Make give me that one. <laughs> so basically, that so given that the you know the expansion of the number of possibilities that uh, you know we our generation and the generations succeeding us were going to find, where. Right. If you see their parents, they're pretty matter-of-fact individuals, right? They have to survive. His dad has to do his job. His mom has to be a mom, and Uh, that's about it and they the wildest thing she does is have an affair basically but in our generation right that's pretty wild man hmm hmm, hmm. for her generation yeah i agree but um, okay. basically what i'm trying to say is that we have this extreme sort of choice in our in real life outside of the movie and that's what the the point i guess the movie is trying to make not just the decision okay. of going here or there but in general and there are so many people i have seen i have myself experienced this where you see a bunch of choices and you are eternally afraid of the fact that making a decision just locks you into that for the rest of your life and so you don't choose and you try and yeah. postpone these decisions to a point where you absolutely cannot and uh yeah. then you have to realize at some point of time in your life where it you are closing more doors than you're opening right and that's when the cri- I get that's that. when I the get existential that. crisis truly begins to hit it's somewhere around how old we are right now 25 24 i don't know but <clears throat> oh oh i'm way out of the curve trust me <laughs> yeah man like this is this is all first year of college uh, musings at 18 but i'm just saying like most of us start thinking yeah. of these things right now that you know oh okay if i pick this uh, uh job description over this one or i pick this degree for my life mm. or over the other one you are essentially closing mm. you're you're closing doors and you always have want to have choice yeah you know the grass is always green on the other side so you always dream that maybe if i hadn't said that or maybe if i hadn't done that mm-hmm. you know life would be a lot different or maybe i'd have a different story to tell exactly but yeah it's i think it's Somewhat like you just have to make peace with it and you know move on with it. Exactly. 
and so it it is which is what the kid tries to do he says you know that if uh, because i did not know what would happen i couldn't make a choice but then right. uh, even knowing what after finding out everything that could possibly happen i still can't make a choice exactly it's actually easy to make a choice if you don't know what will happen to be honest mm-hmm. right because yeah. then you you can at least convince yourself that you made the right one yep 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 exactly uh the, which yeah. is which is kind of like one of those one of those like little message takeaway messages that this movie has and uh adds i don't know it just feels as though given how fragmented and like you know in a crisis of mental health that we are dealing with right now it's kind of something that the earlier you accept in your life that you are not going to be able to do everything i think the the the, the better it is damn this got deep the <laughs> message i took away was meet her at the lighthouse <laughs> by the fucking way it's like bioshock or some shit i don't know if she's andrew ryan or like fontaine what the fuck was up with the lighthouse what's up with that <laughs> hey come on you got to give somebody you got to give something to like uh, you know like oh let's meet at the lighthouse let's do this let's do that Dude, I, was just, I was just going what lighthouse has this lighthouse been brought up before was i not paying attention <laughs> uh it's a lighthouse where their parents are doing the kissy kissy thing and the step sister and the step brother are like oh i hope they use a condom <laughs> oh i was paying attention to other things in that scene so that makes sense exactly enough. yeah so uh i okay. think fifth covered pretty much everything that we need to cover right i guess yeah so i think uh, before we just like move on to the review mm-hmm. uh there are a bunch of movies and books that i wanted to sort of, sort of uh bring up mm-hmm. which are somewhat similar mm-hmm. but uh, uh they'll also sort of help explain why mr nobody is a bit unique in how it treated this so okay. hmm. for instance like you know the recurring life thing is brought up in groundhog day edge of tomorrow a lot of other places like that okay but Um I think maybe they don't dive that deep into the philosophical nature of it. Mm-hmm. Which is where I can see your point with the romance part, mm-hmm. right? Since I don't I don't really enjoy the teen romance stuff, mm-hmm. but them diving into that broken home stuff and him reminiscing over what choices I could have made to avoid this. Mm-hmm. Those parts are actually somewhat unique uh, and bring like something different to the table basically, mm-hmm. right? Mhm. One TV show that I think really needs to be brought up mm-hmm. in comparison with this is Dark. Okay. I'm sure you've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Yeah, but basically um when you said right that romance what will you show except for romance? Mm-hmm. I would probably point to Dark because okay. hmm. uh Dark does the same thing but at a scope which is just absolutely ridiculous. Okay. Which it I mean that it gets the liberty to do, to do that because it's a tv show mm-hmm. and has a longer run time okay mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's very ambitious and very impressive in what all they capture with along with romance other elements of you know mystery and yeah uh, just like thriller which sort of help to keep your keep your attention a little bit to keep you focused i guess yeah yeah you know? mm-hmm. one last movie mm-hmm. i think uh, this i think i read in some director's interview is run lola run which uh, this movie is what? pretty inspired by okay right mm-hmm. so run lola run is basically it's like a swedish film or something i don't remember okay but it's about this woman who keeps living a life over and over again mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and she has to get uh, like 100000 like deutsch marks or something kronor right. swiss is kro- get, like, switzerland is uh, uh, sweden is kronor yeah that right <laughs> she has to get like 100000 of like money sweden dollars right. sweden dollars <laughs> 
It's Sweden dollars, yeah. <laughs> okay. And okay, and and I think if you have the time, you know, that that that's going to be a movie that should probably explain why I held the view about Mr. Nobody uh, that I did mm-hmm. with regards to it being slightly slower mm-hmm. cuz that movie is just breakneck pace. Okay. Right? <laughs> and I think even that sort of takes up a lot of philosophical themes about decisions and choices. Okay. Hmm. Uh and i think some scenes such as the car running over the uh, the woman and the pram scene are actually directly taken from it okay. i'm pretty sure okay 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 right. that makes sense so th- i just wanted to like mention all of this so in case you uh, you know uh, in case you are looking for any movies that are similar to this mm-hmm. uh, in like a less philosophical but in a more action oriented way you can probably check out run roll or edge of tomorrow okay. or uh, palm springs or dark yep go with whatever samsha says man like after <laughs> after cabin in the woods i'm just like i will watch everything you recommend my friend <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'm not even kidding don't yeah. give out <laughs> i generally don't give out recommendations uh about other movies cuz i i want to like restrict us to like restrict you know so we can review these movies later on basically mm-hmm. but i think mr nobody is a film which if you will be intrigued by mm-hmm. you will you want to see like a different take on the same concept true 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 uh making your audience just as uh, literate in the film world as me nice <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> pulling everybody out of supposed degeneracy Yeah, you know, it's like hey, you think you have a life? No, you don't. Come here. Okay. Let's make a uh, Christ Redentor statue of you and put it in Delhi. <laughs> oh, I'm up for that, man. I'm up for that. But if it's if it's going to be accurate, it's going to be 2 feet tall. So, <laughs> let's move on to the review. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> I knew where that was going like the second you opened your stupid mouth. <laughs> like god damn fucking father. <laughs> anyway, yeah, on to the review. Okay. Hmm. Uh so right. Uh it's a pretty I think it's a pretty intriguing film in terms of the premise mm-hmm. and also in terms of the presentation. Mm-hmm. Right. That's probably the highlight of this is uh how it's presented in its unique like you know very quick non-linear format. Mm-hmm. So uh I think there are there are some stretches of time where you'll just be invested and if you have you know the attention span or if you actually are interested in understanding what's happening you have to pay attention to what's happening on the screen for quite a bit of time mm. however uh, i personally thought that some scenes while they probably grab your attention they're a bit slow and i mean i just don't i just think it dragged on for a bit too much like mm-hmm. two and a half hours is a long time yeah right? yeah yeah so it's hard to make like a consistently all killer no filler movie mm-hmm. um so yeah if you enjoyed romance and you know like time travel and like you know multiverse and all those stuff you'll probably enjoy this mm-hmm. uh i personally enjoyed the sci-fi aspect of it a lot more and i wished they'd elaborated on some other aspects except for just romance mm-hmm. but overall i still think this was a uh, this is a movie that that got me thinking mm-hmm. and that got my attention mm-hmm. um so i think i'm just going to give it like a a solid 8.1 8.1 hmm Yeah, pretty fair. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. If it if it didn't have that much romance, it'd probably be like close closer to nine, I think. Hmm. I I, I guess it. I mean, not not everyone's a romance fanboy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what do you think? Uh, I think this is a movie best watched for the second time, or the third okay. or the third time. Uh, the point being that the first watch of this movie is intended to confuse. It's basically. uh a sort of uh, 
picture in which you have to completely grasp everything and to do that in just one watch in one sitting is pretty impossible because you will forget things hmm. the movie will make references that you will never remember it is giving you the ending like you said in the beginning and hmm. to make sense of its fractured narrative i had to literally consult a flowchart <clears throat> So there is this okay <laughs> there is this Nemo life flowchart that I had found uh back in 2014 when I first watched this movie and that kind of uh-huh. sorted a lot of the timelines out as to who was what and what was where because they make a lot of ref- easter egg references in every single timeline about every other timeline right so, yeah they do hmm. so the first viewing is always going to be a mind fuck and I think the director wanted it to be which is why hmm. uh the second and the third subsequent viewings are where a lot of the dots click and no matter how many times you watch this movie you'll always find at least something that you have not uh, some dots or some connection that you hadn't made in the previous uh, movie most most other movies get pretty you can start predicting every beat of the movie as the thing as you watch it again mm. and again this is one that mm. has immense rewatch value and okay. so uh, in terms of that yeah in terms of presentation like we've already discussed is done pretty well some of the camera shots some of the places uh the uh, documentary while i have seen a lot of bbc horizon it kind of still puts it in a unique way jared leto plays a pretty good role and the soundtrack like we mentioned <laughs> yeah. is just pretty good in 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 all respects pretty solid does not mm. does not falter anywhere per se so and as a movie that kind of hits hits you right in the existentialist uh, gut as well i think right um, yeah uh, in terms of it does make you question a lot of assumptions that you probably held hold in your life a few things that you can t- you know keep take for granted few things that you feel entitled that oh i must have a good life i must have all these things this is this kind of like just says shut hmm. the fuck up and accept whatever you have in your life and so yeah as an overall package yes it does drag on two and a half hours like you mentioned is kind of long so even i'll dock points for that being the pseudo <laughs> pretentious bitch that i am <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and i i love the romance in this so i'm just going to give it a 8.5 and just say okay yeah pretty solid okay yeah i think that's pretty fair actually mm. Okay, so as part of Freaky Friday, we thought we switch it up and Parth will give us give me a movie and I'll give him an anime. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I have watched like no anime except for what Parth has suggested me mm-hmm. plus Death Note, which doesn't really count, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we'll do an anime movie instead mm-hmm. by uh, Parth's beloved studio Ghibli. Oh no! Right. We're gonna do we're gonna do a fun one. We're gonna do Grave of the Fireflies. Hmm. I recommend watching it with family. Mm. Studio Ghibli is very family friendly that way. They're very nice, cute Not little characters. Grave. Yeah, Grave of the Fireflies is super cute. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's uh, All right. take, see where that takes us. <laughs> yep, you know that's that's been our show. Mm-hmm. With, our, with your boy Smash and your boy Portal. <laughs> we'll catch you next I time. I feel like there's a question mark at the end of that with your boy Smash and your boy Portal baby. I don't know. Let's just end this. Let's just fucking end this. Dude. <laughs> I don't know how people make it this far. I honestly don't. Okay. I don't know how I make it. This Thank far. you to our loyal fans who will soon be listening to us on YouTube as well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We will be collectively boring people on three platforms now. <laughs> Let's just end this. Let's just end it, dude. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>